0: Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys
1: instead of lawyers.
2: And welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you, along with Bunker de France. Good evening. And uh, in Santa Fe this time, it's Todd Roberts. Howdy. Gentlemen. And
1: how, how you be, where you be, and why you be. Well, we, I'll have all the answers later. Uh, after the show's over, I'll okay. be opening a bottle of tequila and trying to find those answers.
2: Well, and I'm but sure I'm you will. And put on our, your pants. Uh, and put on your pants, damn it. Uh, <laughs> our uh, guest is also in Santa Fe. It's uh, it's West, his home. Though. It's his home, actually. Western Writers of America author Thomas D. Claggett. And Tom's been on the show a number of times before. Uh, it was a pleasure. Always a pleasure, and uh, he's doing his his writing thing. So, Tom, welcome back. Yeah,
0: thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: How far away are you from uh, Boggs? Because I understand
3: you're in the same little community there.
0: Uh, that is true. We're about uh, a mile away from each other.
3: Oh, that's safe distance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god!
3: You know, I've got to, I've got to tell you before we even get into the show, I've been I've been. Sp- dwelling in your uh, Facebook page and your blog page and the Western night movie night thing is just a gas. And I am so envious of all you guys. I just love to be a fly sitting there listening listen to you guys talking about movies.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, we, we have a, we have a great time. Uh, we learn as much from good movies as we do from bad ones. Yep. There's no bad movies. Everything.
2: There's only bad audiences. No, no, no. There are bad movies. Revenge of the Virgins. I haven't seen No, that. you haven't, but...
1: Wait a minute. Wa- that, that was my... That could be the theme of my prom date. No, no, no. That, we'll forget.
2: <laughs> that, that Henry Darrow was in that and uh, it was long before High Chaparral and it, I watched it so nobody else would have to. It was that bad. How many times did you say you watched it over and over and Once. over? Once. <laughs> that uh, was more than enough. Sure. I am able to find redeeming something in almost every movie. If nothing there else, the bad part. i got to look for it. i got to really look for it sometimes. Hey, but we're here to talk about yes. about uh, Tom Clagett's latest tome. It's called Blood West, oh, what's a it, gothic western. What's a tome? A tome. It's a book. Is it like a tombstone? Well, no, that's, no, no. Uh, the basis of this book, uh, according to the synopsis, Summer of 1885, something inexplicable has come to the railroad town of Las Vegas, the real one, in the territory of New Mexico. Asked to investigate, the Pinkerton Detective Agency sends their best detective, and her name is Hattie Lawton. But no one can know the true identity of her or why she's been sent, because, as Hattie knows, well, no one can keep a secret. So... Master of Disguise. Yeah, What what is happening in Las Vegas, New Mexico, territory of New Mexico, Tom Claggett? Uh,
0: well, there are uh, a series of grisly murders, and no one really knows quite what to make of them because they've never seen anything like it. Uh, the uh, throats of various people, as well as some animals have been torn out and their bodies have been drained of all their blood
2: Huh. well now it sounds, sounds like a movie
0: about my ex-wife Tom I'm
1: sorry <laughs> well
2: now <clears throat> you realize now of course because we're talking about um, uh, vampires here we gotta have some vampire jokes right oh. how does a hacker oh. vampire kill its victims don't know with a kilobyte uh, I up? know, um, I you know, know. Uh, We'll be here all week, If sleep.
3: if I had a steak yeah. long enough, I'd I reach know. across <laughs> the table here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you be stabbing me with it, of course. Uh, and anyway. you'll be here next week, yeah. whether we like it or not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for hey, you know, i <laughs> on the same page.
3: I have a question about this because you know i i i have the I have the blessed assignment of reading the books, and this was fun to read, uh, but I was th- you know and. I'm not used to gothic westerns. I'm the old school, you know, uh, J.B. Guthrie and those kind Mm -hmm. of guys. And I just, I was just, just, I was like, you know, when I first started, I was going, like almost the very first thing, the first paragraph, you mentioned a creature, and because I knew this was gothic, I got the Frankenstein image, which kind of got me, got me started, getting me rolling into the mood. But I got Good. I got to thinking. You know, you know, there's a little bit of Sherlock Holmes in here. There's, it's it's Victorian, it's Western, it's it's like, it's like a whole potpourri of of genres, and I, that got mm-hmm. me thinking one step further. Gothic is it Gothic Western, horror Western, Victorian Western, Victorian Western. All of this all of the, all of the above or even more
0: well I, I think you're probably right on all those counts uh, but there's only so much room on the uh, cover <laughs> for what for how to describe something like this yeah. um, and um, uh, I will I will tell you that there uh, all of those things, Somewhere along the line, uh, probably did inspire me, whether I was aware of it or not. And um, uh, this was uh, just something very different, and it all uh, the story just fell together for me, um, uh, almost by accident.
2: It must have been a fun thing to write. Then I was just thinking there. Yeah, it was. How did you discover it, it really the story? Yeah, how, how did you come I'm up sorry? with this? How did you come up with this particular idea?
0: Uh, I I had had in mind uh, always, you know, curious to see if a, a vampire could could fit into a western or any other monster. Uh, but I was concentrating mostly on vam- on a vampire story, and the problem was finding a way to make the vampire fit without seeming forced. Mm-hmm. Uh where did it come from? How did it get there? How did it become a vampire? Why is it why is it out west? And um, one of the things that was uh a big help was I was doing research for another possible story idea and I came across uh the uh history of the Montezuma Hotel. Mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Uh, the Montezuma Hotel was the jewel of the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad and uh, Harvey House chain of restaurants and hotels. Uh, it was the jewel because it had uh, all of the hot springs uh, all around it in that area. Uh, the... Railroad decided to purchase the property there uh, with the intention of building a hotel around 1879 I think it was and they did build a hotel which was huge, it had uh, room for some 300 or so guests and it was all built of wood it also uh, had uh, natural gas installed uh, it burned down imagine Uh, about a year or a little over a year after it was built and but it had been very successful and the hotel and the uh, railroad and harvey house decided uh let's let's build another hotel so they did and they built it uh not far from the uh, location of the first one over on uh you know what amounted to something like a hillock and they decided to build one that was fireproof. Uh, what they did was bring in uh, sand, uh, red sandstone. And uh, uh, they also uh, added electricity as well as natural gas, but also added fire plugs, uh, fire reel hoses, etc. And they advertised it as being fireproof. And it was an absolutely gorgeous place. Uh, if you Google, uh, Montezuma Hotel, Las Vegas, New Mexico, you'll see pictures of it. Although I'll come to, back to that in a moment. This hotel though was, uh, built, uh, and finished almost a year after the first one, uh, no, it was a couple of years after the first one burned down and, um, they were Uh, They were uh, trying to get people to come. Uh, A lot of people were resistant because the first one burned down. So a few months after this one uh, was built, it burned down (laughs) the night of August the 8th, 1885. Uh, The hotel was then rebuilt again, though it was not successful. But my point in bringing that up is they built the third one to look almost exactly like the second one. Hmm. That's the one you can see pictures of wow. online. Uh-huh. And you can also see pictures online of the second one after it burned down. Except for the, sto- uh, the uh, stone walls and the chimneys uh, and the uh, uh, boardwalk around it, everything else burned down. Hmm. And... Uh, I thought to my, it, it looks like a fairy tale castle. It has this uh, five story tower with a with a turret on top uh, that they painted silver. And it was just dazzling. And it still is today. But um, when I read that it burned down and then found out that consumptives were invited to stay there, Uh, because of the salubrious climate Mm -hmm. in New Mexico, uh, which was good for their, which was good for their physical well-being. Uh, I thought to myself, I think I may have found my vampire story. Uh, (laughs) As far as why the vampire is there and why he can get away with looking the way he looks, uh, which is sometimes looking very healthy and other times not.
3: If you feed, you look good.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's, that's true. And it, that's what brought me to the second part of the story. Uh, I, I read, uh, I read Bram Stoker's Dracula and a whole lot of things fell into place after reading that as well. uh, uh because there's a character in his story named, um, Quincy, Quincy Morris. And he is a wealthy Texan who happens to be in Eastern Europe and joins the group uh, along with uh, Professor Van Helsing, who go after Dracula. And I thought, well, OK, if it's, you know, if a wealthy Texan is good, cowboy is good enough for <laughs> Graham Stoker, I, I think I can probably use, it, use him uh, that kind of character the same way. It's a logical progression. Thank you. Sometimes so, it all falls into place.
2: So, d- d- do you discuss what you're actually working on with uh, your other friends, uh, your other writing friends in the community there in Santa Fe? Uh,
0: not, not too much. Uh, I th- if I have a question, uh-huh. if I'm really... You know, uh, wondering about how something may or may not be done. Uh, I might sort of pose a, uh, a question mm-hmm. to them without, without giving too much away. Okay. Uh, this particular story though, uh, no. All right. I could see where. I, I did.
3: I can see where that would be a problem because, like, if you went to Boggs and asked him something, he
2: would probably (laughs) tell you to watch Billy the Kid. That's where I was going with (laughs) that that question was, uh, was Boggs trying to influence you? Johnny Boggs, great Western Writers of America author. We've had him on the show a number of times. I know you guys are good friends and, and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that's where I was going in, with that. It's in
3: his Billy the Kid book. I
2: know. It's, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. So if if he told you to watch Billy the Kid and <laughs> uh, meets Dracula, have,
3: have you ever seen Billy the Kid versus
2: Dracula?
0: Sadly,
3: I have. <laughs> I, I get it. You know, Chuck Courtney is a nice guy. I knew him. He was a good stunt man, but he wanted to be a movie star. And he looked good in it, but and uh, poor old Carradine, he was like, he knew they had to pick <laughs> him up and push him. him. you know, give him a push to get him going. Uh, right. Uh, what a hoot, though.
0: <laughs> it, it, it is a hoot, and it's it's. Really not good. Yeah.
2: But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed <laughs> it. So now that Blood West is out, is Boggs trying to get you to watch Billy the Kid again?
0: <laughs> oh, no. He knows I already saw it. Okay. And that there's no going back. <laughs> yeah,
3: no going back. Well, you know, this is one of the neat things, too, because I can tell just from the book, you know, you did tons and tons of research. And then in the back of the book, you, you kind of go into how you broke it down and what went, went through the process but tell us about how uh, Mr. Stroker uh, kind of helped you along, not besides reading the book about his trip to America and all that. Uh,
0: yes, he, uh, uh, about, I think, 10 or 12 years before he, before Dracula was published, he came to America uh, to represent an English actors theater group. Uh, and, uh, he was on tour here and, uh, the, the group was on tour, uh, in America and, um, uh, presumably he, uh, probably came across, uh, you know, a Texan or two while he was here. Uh, and that gave him, that gave him, uh, you know, a character idea, uh, and, uh, he, you know, I thought for a while of actually perhaps using him as a character in my story, but then decided that that uh, wouldn't, uh, I decided against that as a, as a possibility. I could do more without him. Well, there's the maybe book. a
2: sequel there. Yeah, a sequel, exactly.
0: Well, perhaps. perhaps.
3: <laughs> you know, this funny thing is, I think this heady character would make a great TV series character, you know, a lady Pinkerton detective mm-hmm. going through the West, kind of like Night Night Stalker, you know the old uh, mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, who
3: was in that Fighting Vampire Darren, yeah.
2: Darren yeah, McGavin. Darren McGavin. Darren yeah. McGavin. Yeah,
3: but I think it would make an interesting series. Either either as a straight Western or as a you know kind of a every once
2: in a while a monster of the month. You know that that I think but, you got something there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thank you. You possibly, yeah.
2: All right, we've got to take our first commercial break. Our guest, Tom Claggett, in, oh, uh, out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. The uh, Yeah, it's early already. Not early, wow. but it's late already. Uh, Blood West <laughs> is the name of the book. We'll be back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. After these important messages, do stay tuned. We'll be right back. are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank of in Tucson, 520-777-1911.
0: Watch Old West silent movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help.
2: Sam told me you boys were back. Why didn't you go with the fat Frontier figured Evans and the girl took a back trail. He wanted to go after them alone, so he sent us back
1: with a bug board and the old gent. What happened to Jeff? He won't be helping Evans and the girl to escape anymore. By now, he's just another customer for Boot Hill.
2: This is the Voices of the West. Way down south of the Mason Dixon, there's a man who's really fixing to match those taters in his bin with possum meat. And that ain't ten. Six tall, slim, slick, sicky more saplings. Possum up a tree. Somewhere up in one of those saplings. Possum's laughing at me. We're back now on Emil Francie's Voices be, of the no <laughs> West. Terry Alexander, Booker of to France. Todd Roberts, our guest, is Tom Claggett in Santa Fe. And possum is boot <laughs> hill. <laughs> and Todd's in Santa Fe as well. Uh, the, the, you know the possum song. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a possum. It tastes like chicken got a lot of possibilities possibilities uh tom i want to know how is the homeschooling of i was gonna ask that question (laughs) how is the homeschooling of cody going
0: (laughs) oh he's just he's just fine and uh thank you for asking um <laughs> we uh, we have to work around his schedule, of course.
2: Oh, uh, naturally. Which
0: only gives us which only gives us about twenty minutes <laughs> of teaching because he spends his time sleeping most yeah. of the rest of the time.
3: You think? <laughs> well, I I, I, I I looking at your pictures, which I enjoyed. You got you got some great backyard pictures, and I've never seen so many sky pictures in New Mexico. But uh, my favorites in there is, is Cody and a Christmas Christmas
0: bag. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, cats just are so happy uh, yep. around discarded paper or yep. in yeah. brown paper bag. They they do. They just love it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to buy any cat toys. Just throw down a paper I, I bag.
3: It's like little kids. You, know, <laughs> you, you buy them an buy them expensive Christmas present. You know they, they tear it open, they look at it, and then they play with
2: the wrapping. Exactly. The book is Blood <laughs> West, a gothic western. Tom Claggett, our guest here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Oh, before we continue... I got to mention happy birthday to Tucson. Today oh, yeah. It, 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 yeah, who knows if it's the real date, but uh, this is what they decided back in 1971. Uh 247 years ago, Tucson was founded. That's what I was supposed to go to the Colonial Tucson celebrations
3: and mm-hmm. I but they got rained out. Huh? Bunch of wussies,
2: man. It's, yeah. You know, no, come it, on. It's rain, yeah. for
3: God's sake. You just think sake. that if, if, if O'Connor had come into Tucson and had been raining that day, he might have stopped and never got here.
2: He might have gone to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tucson was founded by an Irishman. Yeah. With the... Well, he didn't, um, he didn't found it. He found well, it. Well, he, he was, was with here, the Mexican but, army, yeah, yeah. or Spanish but, was, army. but the town was already here for a couple of thousand years. Yeah, well, yeah, there is that, too. So, <laughs> anyway... Uh, happy uh, happy birthday! I suppose to. well speaking Cindy of towns, I want to. I, I I love I love
3: Las Vegas, New Mexico, and I think you I think you did a great job of of describing it. But what was really neat uh, is the history of Las Vegas. You know, it was it was one of the first towns to have electricity in the West. Yep. It was the first town to have telephones, which the Montezuma also had. Yep. And right. it just. It, it, I don't know why more more stories aren't said in Las Vegas because it was a jumping place. They had a people, world
2: championship boxing match. I think start. people think of Las Vegas, they think of the place in Nevada Yeah, before they think of right. the place in New Mexico.
3: And I'm surprised because, you know, it was like a major stop on the Santa Fe trail yep. Then the railroad came in, uh, but it, it never took off. It's always been big ranching, but it never took off.
0: Well, a lot of, you know, that's, that's the story of the West too. Yeah, A lot of places that were, you know, along, uh, cattle trails, you know, for the cattle drives and, uh, and all, uh, some, some hung on and, and some didn't, but there are so many stories, uh, in the West that really have yet to be, have yet to be tapped. Yeah. And, uh, there were a lot of these things about Las Vegas, New Mexico, uh, were revelations to me as well, well in my uh, you know doing my research.
3: One of the things I like too is you were describing the sheriff and his deputies that they wore suits and ties, which was true. But you know you don't you know you, you always think of Matt Dillon or or something like that. You know Wyatt Earp brocade vest. You don't you don't realize these guys. That's the Victorian influence,
0: right? Right. Well, and you, you saw that, um, for example, reflected in, uh, the, uh, movie Tombstone. Yep. Yeah. Yes. You know, all, you know, every, uh, practically, uh, uh, so many people wearing, uh, black or at least very dark, uh, clothing, the men. So.
1: Yeah. That's... But of course that had to do with money. So if the town was rich, you had to dress up to be within the town mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, be respected by the town citizens in your smaller, dumpier little towns, cow towns, maybe they didn't dress up as much.
3: Very good point, yes. Well, you know, but I like, too, the obviously, fact... Obviously, that...
1: I would have to ask you, uh, Tom, when you write, do you have... And I ask all authors this, so I hope that if I didn't ask you, I imagine you'd be offended. So, (laughs) Um, But when you write, do you have, as far as not every character, obviously, but maybe your main protagonist and your main antagonist, maybe your your female hero, um, do you have an actor in mind? Do you have a, if not an actor, do you have a real person in mind that you had, Uh, uh, either you know them or you don't know them, but there's somebody that you feel kind of embodies that character? Uh,
0: uh, it's a good question. Uh, if it's, if it's a, a real, uh, you know, historical individual, uh, and there are any images of them, that's who I have in mind. Okay. Uh, for, uh, for characters that I make up, um, it's hit and miss. Uh sometimes I get an idea of what uh I think they they might look like based on a scrap or two of information uh that that I pick up in research. Um and other times um, I might have I might have an actor in mind, but um probably not very often. Uh for for Hattie Lawton uh for example there are conflicting stories about what she may uh how she may have looked uh and so uh i wasn't sure i do believe that someone uh indicated that she had uh, uh red hair dark red hair uh so i i had this you know all of this red hair uh in mind uh as i wrote her and uh, they they reflected that uh, five star the publish the book publisher reflected that uh, on the cover of the book, yes, which I'm uh, very happy about.
3: Yeah. Well, you know this is interesting. I love this this line that we're taking because uh, you know you, your use of Sally Harvey, Red Harvey's wife, and she wasn't just there to be historical because at some point she really, really reveals the Dracula thing because of her old country uh, right growing up. And I thought, you know, that's, that's, that's just weaving it in beautifully.
0: I, uh, yes. And, uh, I was uh, so glad to see that that was her background, that that is where she came from because that, that fit in, you know, uh, very snugly with how to reveal, um what the what the vampire is and uh how uh, how it may have gotten there because she i thought to myself she her her mother or her grandmother probably had all of these stories had heard all these stories themselves about this and had relayed them uh to you know the kids
2: was this book researched more than any other book that you've uh, done? Um,
0: probably, uh, probably as much as uh, Line of Glory, my book about uh, the Alamo. Oh, uh-huh. I love, that book. I, uh, love I sp- that book. I spent. Thank you. Uh, I spent uh, a year researching that one, and this one, I spent almost a year researching uh, before I wrote anything down. Story-wise. Well, you know
3: there's an interesting thing too it's like you know we're talking about know, Sally being a real person and Quincy who's not a real person but he is a person from the stoker novel uh again you know it's that it's that weaving that is so interesting and it's one of the things about Quincy and and Hetty that uh, when they're when they're talking there is a, a almost a bond between their you know, hurt the loss of her son. Him with the loss of his wife and child. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, he's almost my favorite character in there because he's very sympathetic. I mean, he's a monster, but he is, you know, you have empathy. And, and he, he's like he wants to die, but he but he can't, he can't because of the blood loss. I just
2: wow. What what's the what, thank you? What's up with the priest in this story here, Father oh. uh, Lenigan? Uh, he has a bunch of fears, uh, maybe more than usual well, priest does Renfield. Well, I,
0: <laughs> right. uh, well, you know, uh, inspiration came from a lot of different places for various characters, uh, in my story. And, uh, Lanigan certainly, uh, does, you know, go back to Renfield from Bram Stoker's book, but, um, uh you know the, the uh inventing a backstory for him uh I thought uh you know being being a priest uh he's also you know still very human and perhaps he didn't get the position he thought or hoped he would get once he be once he was ordained. Uh and so uh, without giving, you know, without giving too much away, uh, I thought, you know, someplace, you know, being sent out to New Mexico territory in what was then the, um, Santa Fe, uh, diocese, uh, or archdiocese, uh, he, to a small little parish, um, he might, he might very well feel that, um, uh, you know, things aren't just working out for me. Self pity. And so go ahead.
3: Well, you know, I there's another little piece and I love this. Uh I'm not gonna go into depth. I'll let you do that. Mm-hmm. But tell us about the Swamp Angel.
0: Oh, the Swamp Angel, that is the uh that was a forty one caliber uh uh pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh five shot pistol, I believe it was. And I was looking for something that Hattie might actually carry, uh, on herself. And, um, uh, there wasn't anything I found in my research, perhaps I missed it, about what, uh, what Pinkerton detectives might, uh, have carried. So I decided, uh, to give her that, and it's actually a gift uh that was presented to her by Alan Pinkerton, the founder of the Pinkerton mm-hmm. Detective Agency. And I thought this is the kind of smaller uh revolver that a woman could easily handle, but would also stop uh a uh, you know, some scoundrel or miscreant if she found herself in a in a bad place.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. You know, didn't, well, you know, this is one neat it, because I went back and listened to the first interview you did way back with Emil, mm-hmm. and I when mm-hmm. I was reading it, I was thinking Emil would love to be
2: here and talk to you about the forty-one caliber. Yes, yes, he yes, would. He would. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah. All right, we got to do our next commercial break. Our guest is Tom Claggett. The book Blood West, a Gothic Western, his latest. Ari Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back with much more after these important messages. Stay tuned.
1: (laughs)
2: cattle you want Russell, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. A little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights.
1: You out there! Come one step nearer and old Bess here will spit right in your
2: eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchmen to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do?
0: You better start packing a handgun.
2: Call Red a hench We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a hench I was
3: trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench.
2: When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our red henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Poster, Harper's Weekly.
3: Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Docs to get that bullet out of your shoulder. Get a Renehance to sit there on
2: your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renehance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the worry.
1: Why Those old enemy, quickly Jack, come to nerve, us Elk? It's Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack slave. This is the Voices of the West.
2: That's one of the best lines from that movie. That's one of the
3: best <laughs> Roadrunner movies ever made. Yeah, it
2: was. I worked on it, but it was good
3: anyway. Well,
2: <laughs> welcome back, Camel Francis's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bucket of France, and Todd Roberts with you. Our guest is Tom Clygott. We're talking about his book, Blood West, a gothic western. And the movie we're referring to, referring to there was uh, The Villain. The Villain. The Darth yeah. Schlesinger and Margaret Kirk Douglas. Hmm. Yeah. It was a great movie. And Paul well, Lynn Tom, I is, have to uh, ask
1: you um, your hero in this book and and another book was both a female Pinkerton agent and I'm sure you get all these people coming across to you from um, shall I say the the woke uh, population and they must be so impressed and proud of you that you're writing a woman who's a hero and and so on. Is your response well, thank you, or is your response that um, you finally woke up?
3: <laughs> Very 22 century.
2: <laughs> We're 21st. Don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, whatever.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I, I have to say, I uh, quite honestly, I haven't been approached with that.
2: Good. Well, hey, I've
0: got,
3: <laughs> got a question then. this, because it actually, and, and I think uh, in the last issue of roundup, I think uh you asked this question but uh aren't you afraid if somebody's going to accuse you of appropriation writing about a woman
0: uh, well that's ambush uh, that that is that is their uh that is their privilege yeah. if they want to ask and um uh, i you know i have to i have to say that uh while while you know i'm writing a, i'm writing a female character and i'm i'm not female but oh uh, god <laughs> I, I tried
2: to
0: i tried to apply what i hoped would be uh some very positive and very human attributes to her because she takes her she takes her job uh, as a detective, very, uh, very seriously. It's, it is what drives her. And actually Hattie Lawton, you know, was a real person. Yes. Uh, very little is known about her after, uh, 1862, uh, when she was released from a Confederate prison camp because she had been arrested, uh, a little over a year before uh as a spy in Richmond, Virginia. She and uh another detective uh there, uh, a male detective. Uh he was hanged as a spy and they kept and the Confederacy the Confederacy kept her in prison for another year. Um, and everything but everything that I that you read about her in my book from that point on uh, is all an invention on my part?
3: Was it, was the pregnancy was that an actual or was that
0: just uh, plot device? No, that was that was an invention too. Yeah, a plot oh, device. Okay.
2: Is it for not, me? Did, is it known? Did Hattie Lawton ever work with Kate Warren?
0: Uh, I believe that yes, she did. Uh, she and Kate Warren and other detectives uh, were assigned by Alan Pinkerton to. Uh, guard Abraham Lincoln on his, uh, train trip from Illinois to Washington, D.C., just prior to his inauguration. They were, there, there were all kinds of threats of assassination. So, uh, they were all on board the train to keep, uh, the newly elected president safe. That was in your book, The Pinks, right? Uh, I'm sorry, the, pig,
2: the
1: witch? Pinks. Wasn't that, didn't we have someone on the show yeah, then who wrote a book Chris called The Pinks?
2: Chris Enns. And they that talk
1: about her in the
0: uh, security team. Yeah, detail. that we
2: Chris Enns that uh, did The Pinks.
0: Chris
2: Enns, I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. You know, you read the That's book. That's
0: okay. You <laughs> put me in great company. <laughs>
3: well, you know. I, Thank you. One of your characters in there I, I took a liking to, and uh, uh, Marmaduke Pinnock. Uh huh. And that was a great, you know, because I, I, I love knives. And him and the detective, you know, their knives play a, an interesting piece in the story. I mean, they're ineffective against the vampire, but at the same point, it gives them a certain significance. Oh, and speaking of which, tell us about the blessed cross the detective takes to.
0: Ward off the vampire. Uh, it's the uh, uh, it, it's it's the um, deputy sheriff. Deputy sheriff, I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. Uh, he he believes uh, he believes that uh, uh, he's told that this may very well help uh, to protect him and the others. Uh, should they should they encounter. The vampire and, um, because, because this is, uh, a new menace, which none of them have ever encountered before, uh, when they are, when they find out about anything that, that may be helpful, uh, they're willing to try it because, uh, they're, they're groping, they're groping through here, uh, trying to figure out, how, you know, we need to catch him. We need to get rid of him. Uh, they've, they've been told how it's done. They've also seen it done. And, uh, it's still such a, such a grisly thing because the, a vampire is, uh, is so physically powerful that, uh, even though, uh, there are four of them that, uh, that, that have the final face off, uh, they they are uh, they know that this is going to be difficult because uh they they're almost thrown around like rag dolls
3: yeah well you know there's an interesting thing too because one of the points in there is you describe uh Quincy transforming into the black wolf and i've seen mm-hmm. i've seen all the uh, werewolf movies and sometimes they're convincing sometimes they're not but there was something about reading it that was more believable to me than seeing it on a, a CGI. I mean, you just, it just—it was, was—it was like, you know, the elongating of the bones, the, the ears moving. You did a beautiful job of describing that. I mean, it, it was very visual but very believable.
0: Thank you. Uh, I—I would—I uh, uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention something. That, uh, Max Evans, author Max (laughs) Evans once said, and Johnny Boggs told me about this, actually, that, uh, that uh, Max Evans told Johnny Boggs this story, that you need to let the author doesn't need to explain every detail to the reader. Let the reader do some of the work. And while I, while I wanted to make it very clear what uh what was going on uh, there was a lot that a movie can do uh in a very short period that would have taken me page after page after page to describe so thank you i'm i'm glad that you got it just with you I'm, know the little bit that that i did choose to use that's that's a great compliment it
3: was just the right amount it was like it's a thing. But you know, in believe, but that's the main thing. Is like, seeing it sometimes uh, isn't believable. Mm-hmm. But in you letting the mind, the imagination, you know, travel along with your description is what made it work for me.
1: So, Thank Tom, you. In in in, your dis- in what you were just describing, it sounds a lot like the scene in Frank Langella's nineteen seventy nine. Dracula, where he turns into the black wolf and runs off into the forest. Um, do you ever find inspiration in film as you're writing or that you go back and reference, that you look to? I know you said Bram Stoker's novel is, was your, your main or primary uh, inspiration, but do you ever experience that with, with film?
0: I'm sure that I do. Uh, I, I probably, I, I, I suspect I probably get inspiration uh, from all manner of things, some of which I may not even be aware of.
3: Yeah, you know, I, it made me think. You know, your doc in there for some reason he reminded me of Doc Adams on Gunsmoke. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, yeah, I, I kind of, I, you know, how you just your your own your own mind was takes a, over. He was a scutter. Yeah, a scutter. <laughs> the
1: old. The old grouchy scudder?
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, he was and, you, and you didn't, you know, you didn't really labor on him, uh, but there was something there. I, maybe it's just, you know, too many years of watching old doctors in Western <laughs> movies. Uh, you know, Thomas Mitchell, you know, he was like, could, right. you know, yeah. yeah, well. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, we're going to do our final commercial break here. On Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. We're talking with uh, Tom Claggett in Santa Fe, New Mexico. The book is Blood West, a Gothic Western. Good stuff. Good stuff. Look at Amazon. Go buy it. We'll be back. Buy two copies. are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I'm Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read
0: classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net.
2: Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse at Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseandaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseandaroundrescue.org.
3: As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran... Look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honorveterans to find out how you can help.
2: Men, you don't have to come, but I'm going to see if I can help the Colorado kid. You'd better stay in here, Tolls. Why, out in that street, there's a gun in every hand. And you'd last about as long as a snowball would in Hades. This is the Voices of the West. The yi yo kind all
1: the way, great big star on his chest. Out from all the rest Fastest gun in the west Yippee-ya-yo-kaye Riding around the way here comes Quick draw, we're, drawn, we're drawn.
2: the last time you watched one of those. Hey, Squeakstraw! <laughs> His little Baba Louie sidekick. Welcome back to the uh, final um, final segment here of Amal Franze's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, our guest, Tom Claggett. The uh, book is called Blood West, a Gothic Western. You know, uh, your, the chapter there where
3: you introduce Martha Corby and her sister Gretel, uh, and how they handle that sets up everything for the f- the final finish. But one of the things that really impressed me is burying a vampire is a horrendous job. I mean, it is detailed. You like bury them, burn them up, move to,
2: them out. You got to cross your eyes and dot your T's. Yeah. Oh man.
3: But it, it,
2: you need it, a
1: lot more than a, a, a shovel and a six pack of beer. I'll uh, tell you. I uh, yeah. reckon
2: that. <laughs> It
3: Bacco isn't going to help. <laughs> no, no, no. But tell us about that that because, you know, the killing of Gretel is in some ways more more gruesome than the killing of Quince. Uh
0: well, uh first I'd like to point out that uh people were a lot tougher back then. Yeah, thank
2: you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh uh thanks for thank you for uh mentioning this. It was um, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling the story and I, as, as really, as things occur, uh, to me, uh, some things work, some things don't. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm actually very flattered to hear what you say, what you had to say about that particular chapter. Um, it was fun to write. Yeah. And, uh, uh, there was at that time, uh, a German population there in mm-hmm. the town of Las Vegas. Uh, so, uh, so that was helpful mm-hmm. in that, uh, Gretel, uh, uh, would know and Martha would know, uh, too, as, uh, Sally Harvey would about, you know, vampires mm-hmm. and all. And this, this helped with uh, being able to explain what to do and also um, um, how the characters uh, in my story who are trying to find this vampire, uh, where they really discover uh, firsthand what they're up against. And it's, uh, uh, it's something, again, this is something they've never encountered before. And, um, so this, you know, this one particular woman, uh, you get the feeling that, uh, uh, you know, because of what her, her, uh, parents probably told her, uh, she was ready. Yeah. There was no, there was no question in her mind what it was particularly, you know, given how it all unfolds that she would know and that it makes sense. That was what a lot of, uh, what I was after uh to make sure gets a, got across in telling the story that things uh made sense nothing was nothing was convenient nothing was forced uh it was it was trying to you know tell this tell this gothic horror story in a way uh that made sense where it was believable to the reader uh, as well as to the characters
2: now, now that you've got this uh, gothic western uh out of your blood as it were
1: <laughs> i know
2: good 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 one there whoa, 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 whoa. hang hang on a minute with there we go we're here all week um is, is another one uh do you think there'll be another one coming out from you uh
0: i'm i i'm in the i'm in the process of seeing if it will work okay you know, one of
3: the things about that that particular chapter, as a retired stuntman, I was thinking back, thinking just now, what a blast it would be to stage that scene. <laughs> man, I mean, it, it's, you know, with Gretel throwing everybody around, you know, oh, man, that would,
2: oh, it would be a hoot. Yeah, you would have had a lot of fun. What's uh, Time for shameless promotion now, yes. Tom, Tom Claggett, what's going on next?
0: Uh, I'm I'm working on uh, possibly having uh, another story, okay. but I want to make sure that uh, it works and that everything, uh, you know, gels mm-hmm. so to yeah. speak, yeah. or coagulates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's okay. Well, I want to. I want <laughs> This is. This is. This is from being with you guys for an hour. Uh, you know,
2: it'll do it to you. What can we say?
3: You know, I want—I want I to want we'll take full a,
2: responsibility, Tom. Yeah, really.
3: <laughs> I want to compliment your sides, too, because uh, going through that, the video trailer for Line of Glory—I mm. well, thought it was beautifully
0: yeah. done. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Oh. Uh, my uh, uh, the guy the 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 guy who does my website uh was, was extremely helpful with all of that. He put it all together and uh that's midstate design dot com.
2: Yeah, very
0: classy. His A-
2: name is Corey Kretzinger. All right. Good shout out there. Book is available yeah. at uh, all the usual places, right? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whoever else. Amazon, sells books. Barnes and
0: Noble, uh your favorite uh your favorite bookstore. If they don't carry it, they they can order it. Uh your local library as well.
2: Can they order it directly from your website?
0: They can go to my website and click on uh the blood west uh book cover that will take you to that specific page and there are buying options there for online purchases Yes
2: and are they bat delivered <laughs> bat delivered <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, that's the new like, amazon you know, it's
3: kind of like the hover I, I know it's yeah. the
2: new amazon delivery uh the the website is thomasdclaggett.com <laughs> uh tom thank you so much for being with us one this, last uh, question. You go ahead quickly
3: what's coming up on western night at the movies what's your next uh, uh there we go next get together
0: ah uh, uh it's not my choice and it's one of the other guys so I don't know until we
2: get there. It's right. a surprise. There you go. That's just how like we do, do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like this program. It's a big surprise to all three of us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Together. There
3: you go. <laughs> oh,
2: Tom, this is wonderful. Yeah, Tom, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. A great book. Thank, thank you. It you. Recommended it to was everybody. It was a pleasure. And a, and a great book. Highly recommended. That's it for this thank edition you. of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West next Saturday. When we get together with you, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch, it'll be Movie Saturday. And our topic, you, you mentioned it. We're going to delve into some bad guys, because we've got some bad guys stuff. Pick your favorite bad guys. We, bad, guy we, bad guy stuff that we want to come up with. So, until then. 78, 79, 80 vampire moves. Oh, oh. So long, everybody.